Hi, my name is Aaron Orlando. I'm reporting for RevelstokeMountaineer.com and Revelstoke Mountaineer magazine. I'm joined on the phone today uh, by uh, David Wilkes, who is the mayor of Sparwood and also the former uh, member of parliament for Kootenai, Columbia uh, for the Conservative Party between 2011 and 2015. Um, David, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So great. So uh, just to provide the listeners a little bit of context about uh, why we're talking today, I've been uh, trying to get a hold of uh, the current uh, member of parliament, Rob Morrison for Kootenai Columbia for the past couple of weeks. Obviously, the context is uh, uh, ongoing uh, events. Uh, one of the things that uh, prompted me to initially reach out to him a couple of weeks ago was uh, support for uh, the truck convoy uh, that was uh, heading east at the time. Um, since then, I've made calls to his offices in Ottawa, in uh, Cranbrook uh, there, uh, many emails to his EDA, emails to his office. I've text messaged him. I've direct, message, direct messaged him on social media. Um, through all that, I've, only, I've, I've made many requests to receive media releases, uh, which have not been responded to. Um, and um, I, I did receive one one-sentence response from his EDA uh, midway through, which I responded to was not uh, sufficient. But basically, I'm frozen out at this point and uh, trying to figure out a little bit more about what's going on. So that's why I'm talking to you today uh, with your connection to the Conservative Party, your long-standing involvement in the East Kootenai with uh, local politics as mayor, uh, regional politics, uh, and association with the Conservative Party. And um, just to be clear, uh, you know, you're not the member of parliament, so I'm more just sort of gaining your insight as a former MP about what's going on. So uh, does that sound all right to you? Absolutely. Yeah, okay, great. So uh, first of all, I sort of have, uh, as you can tell, a little bit of complaint uh, there um, uh, that I'm not receiving uh, communications and I'm not getting access. Uh, um, do you have sort of any thoughts on that, How, uh, you know, in terms of when you were MP, what, what was your approach to... Uh, to those kinds of communications and do you think it's important to respond to someone who's been uh, working as a journalist in the riding for you know 14 years now well i can say that um the the, the media can be your best friend or they can be your worst enemy mm-hmm. and uh and and that is the, that's the choice of the member of parliament to determine how they want to deal with that um certainly as you know uh, i've been on both sides of it and uh, one was not particularly fun and um, but i can say that um, uh, that the press have a job to do and that is to report um, the news as fairly as they can and if they can't get the uh, information that they are looking for from a elected official whether it be a member of parliament mla or a mayor then they're they're going to have to go find the, the information that they're looking for, mm-hmm. and um, for me, I would prefer that it comes from the horse's mouth, and um, how I'm treated after I speak is is certainly something that is up for discussion. But at least it came from me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, but every every uh, as I said every MP MLA or mayor has that prerogative as to whether they choose to uh, uh, meet with the press, um, whether it's you or, you know, Andrew Coyne, it doesn't matter who it is. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and if they choose not to, um, you can't make them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and unfortunately, uh, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say as a member of parliament, uh, after my uh, uh, incident in Revelstoke, um, and I can't recall the year, I think it was 2012, mm-hmm. um, uh, I'll say I was snake bitten. Sorry, I, I so missed I, that. Um, I, 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 I feel I was snake bitten. Mm-hmm. And and as a result of that, I backed off from dealing with the media for a while, and the party told me to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's a little different when you're when you're when you're a mayor, because you have the freedom to speak uh, as you choose. There's no uh, partisanship. There's no uh, party rules. There's no nothing. Um, so it's far easier to speak. And um, and I've you know I've seen uh, with your mayor in Revelstoke, who's been. Uh, 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 speaking to the press with regards to the uh, pandemic and everything, he's done an excellent job, mm-hmm. and I and I congratulate him on that. However, having said that, um, it is a much more of a challenge for an MLA or an MP because they have to follow party lines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you know one one of the things I did in in my outreach was to request an audio interview, sort of like we're doing today, radio style. So there's no editing, no cutting, uh, no. Uh, you know, you can't really say, oh, you know, that's not what I said. I chopped it out. It's just we can hear directly from the person. But but I hear what you're saying. You know, that, that that's, a, that's a choice. In, in terms of um, existing in a democratic uh, uh, system, though, uh, is, it, is, it, is it a good choice for uh, democracy and connection with uh, constituents and, and, local, and local issues? Uh, what's your sort of view on that? Certainly, from that perspective, it's probably not a good choice. Okay. Um, but and, and I say that only because, um, again, from my own personal experience, and and uh, with regards to what is was what happened with me in an, at a national level, um, there were good things and there were um, there were good things that came out of that. Mm-hmm. And 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 what uh, and some of the things I did learn is. Uh, is I, I, I remember still, and I, I don't have it recorded, but I still remember um, watching the National the night after uh, with that ad issue, and I believe it was Peter Mansbridge uh, and three his three panelists, and one was Andrew Coyne, I believe, and one was Chantal Hebel, mm-hmm. and I can't remember who the third one was. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They gave constructive criticism, mm-hmm. and, and that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and they weren't all, as hard on me um as the party was mm-hmm. like they and that's where i learned that the press can be your friend yeah or they can be your enemy mm-hmm. and in that case um uh, they they really were my friend because they did back me up mm-hmm. from the perspective of what i was trying to explain mm-hmm. as opposed to having to defend to the end and to the party that what i tried to say was not not was nothing against the party it was just i was trying to explain to some constituents how the system works mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and from that perspective um it worked well but where it went sideways was that there were media that then decided well he's going to break ranks with the party and he wants to find 13 other members of parliament to break ranks with him and then it became a, a gong show Mm-hmm. And and that's where you know you got you got to find that balance, because if you don't have that balance, 
oh, you know, the the media can can cause grief, and uh, mm-hmm. and 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 I I don't mean that in a in a bad in a bad way. Uh, I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Yeah. What just what I mean is that you have the power of the pen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when when even when I'm speaking to you today, you know, I'm speaking from the heart, and there will people there will be people that disagree with me. Mm. And there will be people that agree with me, but it's my it's my voice. And uh, so when I look at it from from federal politics, um, sometimes your voice is curtailed because of where the party is going. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm as we speak, I'm I'm watching CPAC to, to with regards to what's going on in the House of Commons today. And it, you know, there's obviously a, a significant divide between the liberals the conservatives the block and the ndp mm-hmm. and and uh, and all of those members of parliament um are going to be whipped with regards to how they're voting this is not a free vote mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination mm-hmm. um so as a result of that they have to be very very careful on what they say uh and and they're being scripted and they'll say they're not but they are mm-hmm. i mean uh, been there, done that, sold the farm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's a challenge for all of them, and um, so I, I can I can appreciate uh, where members of parliament are when the the press reaches out because they know that the question is going to be well why, mm-hmm. and and they can't really answer the why because the why is coming from the party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a result of that, and, and every member of parliament may have an, a different view on it, but they're not going there. Yeah. They're just not, they're just not going there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I can appreciate and understand why members of parliament uh, are, uh, are reluctant at times to uh, approach the press, whether it be you or anyone else, mm-hmm. um, just from the perspective of getting in trouble with the party. Yeah, yeah. Because getting in trouble with you is nothing compared to what you're going to get into with the party. Mm-hmm. Well, but I wanted to make an observation on that. Um, you know, this has been a few weeks now since you know uh, the you know the convoy ruled through um, that we've been been trying to make these uh, uh, inquiries, getting to get in touch and find out what's going on. Uh, prom- you know, starting with uh, support for the convoy, um, you know, and then there's been a, a lot of water under the bridge uh, since. Nowadays, uh, members of parliament aren't restricted in what they can put out there, what messages they can put out on social media, you know, advertising, that kinds of stuff. And there's been a, been a lot of uh, uh, um, messages and volumes coming through Twitter, Facebook, etc. Um, and there have been um, interviews with certain media outlets, including uh, the Black Press uh, chain in uh, in the region that has, you know, several newspapers in, in population centers, including Revelstoke. Uh, but not others. But anyways, let me get let me get to uh, the, the the truck convoy because I'm following you along on Twitter. I'm following also uh, uh, MP Morrison as well. And uh, you know, you, there seems to be a you know a difference of opinion. And and one of the statements that stuck out uh, when the Coots uh, blo- uh, border blo- uh, blockade sprung up uh, from you was 
you know, uh, like a, D, a D11 will get rid of this. So that's a reference to a, a large industrial bulldozer. Um, however, MP Morrison on January 29th retweeted, uh, you know, a message from uh, another, uh, I'm actually not sure if he's an MP or he was a candidate, uh, showing that, saying that there was overwhelming show of support for the Coots border uh, block for the, for the, um, the crossing, uh, you know, filled with Canadians showing their support for this blockade, uh, you know, the Freedom Convoy. Now, um, in the tweet that actually, in our correspondence online on Twitter that actually got to this interview today, um, that was a result of me reaching out again, once again, to MP Morrison uh, in response to the arrest recently there, where we have uh, a bunch of people charged with firearms offenses and conspiracy to murder uh, RCMP officers. And we should note that you, uh, yourself, uh, um, Mr. Wilkes, has, has served uh, as an RCMP officer, as, as has MP Morrison. So, um, you know, a lot of water can go under the bridge uh, between these two times of things. So uh, you've also mentioned, um, you know, your concern that uh, online that the GoFundMe for the uh, truck convoy uh, was created by the secretary of the Maverick Party, uh, you know, a, a, you know, separatist, par separatist party with various... Uh, uh, associated um, uh, characters with it and I don't know I'm just trying to figure out uh, as we negotiate this really concerning time for the country um, what uh, sort of your your thoughts and feelings are on on this and and whether you know the right moves are being made here uh, uh, sort of keeping uh, an eye on everything that's happening including involvement of, of concerning people so what are your thoughts on on the blockade uh, there with uh, at Coots? Well, I think at the beginning they had every good intention, mm -hmm. uh, and that was to bring light to the two years of a pandemic with countless uh, um, public health orders that uh, arguably are are or aren't working. Um, and I've been pretty vocal on, on at the municipal level on that. But the challenge is. Once it starts to catch steam and it gets rolling, mm -hmm. you always run the danger of smaller fringe groups getting involved with ulterior motives. And then all of a sudden it gets hijacked and it goes in a completely different direction than the intended purpose. Mm -hmm. And and unfortunately, with, with the uh, Freedom Convoy that it's referred to, in my opinion, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. um, they had every good intention, mm -hmm. but it got hijacked. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, because they're leaders, or they didn't know what to do, right? Because mm -hmm. that wasn't the that wasn't the intent of what was supposed to happen. Now, as for the uh, blocking of the uh, of the border crossings, uh, you know, I, I have a problem with that. I, I I understand what they were trying to to express but at the end of the day there are people that are legally allowed to go across the borders uh freely and should not be prohibited from doing so mm -hmm. and and um i don't know what you do with that right because it's uh, uh it's a challenge mm -hmm. and i and i don't know what the answer is there mm -hmm. but obviously uh, the rcmp um uh, had uh, get, garnered information mm -hmm. that had uh, allowed them to make arrests for some fairly serious charges. 
uh, against, I believe, 13 people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and as you can see, 13 people can hijack the entire movement. Mm-hmm. And even in, on interviews that were made uh, with people at Coots, um, once they disbanded, you know, they, they, they recognized that uh, they had been hijacked by a small fringe group, but that fringe group tainted the entire mm-hmm. uh, protest. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and as, again, as I said, what, ter- what, what started as, as what was a legitimate protest mm-hmm. turned into something that they couldn't control any longer. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, it went sideways. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in Ottawa. You have a number of truckers uh, uh, or people, whatever you want to call it, that are uh, blockading Wellington Street. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with Wellington Street, if you've been there, but it runs right along the Parliament buildings. Mm -hmm. And the Ottawa police are well equipped to deal with protests um, of what I'll call a normal nature Mm -hmm. uh, every day. They deal with them all the time. Um, This one was not normal. This one was uh, very well organized. Mm-hmm. And then there is that very strong uh, group that is coordinating it from out, by, out, out near the airport. And then you've got a whole bunch of people on Wellington Street, which is a good at least six, seven miles away, um, that are following the instructions of this group that really isn't at the head of the of the protest mm-hmm. the, is that and the that, group that's at the baseball stadium is that, is yes, that what we're talking about yes. and you know that yeah obviously yeah. Uh, i've seen some reporting on the scene there uh including you know observations that uh, many of those uh, people at that stadium or some of the the people there are uh seem to have uh seem to be coordinated you know they have security they are observant of interlopers they they know who's coming and going uh and are organized and then more recently uh reporting in the past couple days that i've seen has also noted that uh in rural properties around ottawa large private uh you know agricultural properties there are groups of people assembling with uh trucks and other stuff and the police do not have you know uh the right to go on to the property uh to go see what's going on so that that's a cause for concern especially because of the adjacency with um um you know accelerationist people uh you know various uh uh groups uh who have as you just described uh sort of added to the fire uh stood adjacent to what's going on uh, and starts to become hard to figure out uh who's who and what's what and what's going on so yeah and 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 the challenge for the police um and and i just use it from my background is that it it's really difficult um when when you hear members of parliament uh, of all stripes going well the police have the the resources and they have and they can use the criminal code and they can do this and they can do that well you know, I defy those that have not put on the uniform to put on the uniform mm-hmm. and go and go and and go and try and deal with this. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, there's two options available. You try and talk it so that it peacefully resolves itself, mm-hmm. or you go hard. Mm-hmm. There is no middle. Mm-hmm. So they're trying their best 
to try and resolve this in a peaceful manner that can get everyone to move because there is only one other option. Mm-hmm. And no one's going to like that option. Mm-hmm. Because then what's going to happen is it's going to be reported, look at the police, they're heavy handed, they're doing things that, I mean, you could mm-hmm. conceivably call the riot squad in for argument's sake today. Mm-hmm. And you could start lobbing tear gas down Wellington Street. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee you it's going to clear out. Mm-hmm. But is that the answer? Mm-hmm. I, would, I would suggest that is your last resort. Mm-hmm. And don't forget there's kids in there. Yeah, that's been noted. That, yeah, the, the social really services were started to get involved in the past few days, yeah. trying to uh, yeah. document and figure out what to do with that. Yeah, there's a big concern yeah. there. It just complicates things. Mm-hmm. So the police are thrown in between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll take it one step further. <clears throat> if if this is true, mm-hmm. if the mayor of Ottawa did in fact go behind the back of the chief of police for the city of Ottawa to make to try and make a deal with the organizers of this movement out in the airport which was to try and move some of the trucks out of the side streets and he did not notify the chief of police i can see why he quit mm-hmm. you can't have politicians going behind the back of of the police agencies who are trying to resolve this and they don't know where this is coming from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'd be pissed too yeah yeah right yeah. i mean so i what i what i what i am fascinated about today and i don't know if you're watching it or for those people that are watching cpac for the next few days now they're going to be, be deliberating the uh, the emergencies act yeah. and whether one agrees with it or not what I don't like to hear is, well, the police can do this already. Well, you may be right, mm-hmm. but you're not wearing the uniform. Mm-hmm. And you're not the one where the repercussions come down if something goes sideways. Yeah. And yeah. trust me, something could go sideways real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See it all the time. So, uh, But getting back to, the, to, to your initial question with regards to members of parliament and the media, um, I can, sh- I, I, I see your frustration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, and, uh, sometimes, uh, members of parliament feel more comfortable with certain news agencies other than others. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I'll put it that way. Um, but, uh, I would like to think, um, that, um, they do make an effort it may, it may not be the effort that that that, is, that satisfies everyone, but I do believe they make the effort, mm-hmm. um, and I'll leave it at that. Okay, okay. Um, I wanted to take it uh, take it back a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, October twenty second, twenty fourteen. Uh, uh, parliament uh, was attacked by uh, Islamist terrorists who we, whose name we won't honor. Um, um, uh, first uh, killing uh, Corporal Nathan Cirillo at uh, um, the National uh, War Monument and then uh, coming over to the House. Um, 
I haven't had a chance to talk to you about this, but I saw uh, photos from that day um, of you uh, uh, inside the house, uh, taking charge, uh, barricading the door. Uh, uh, if, if people listening in can't see you, you're, you're a big guy. Uh, I know that. Uh, and uh, along with uh, some other members with military and police training, you know, um, you know, seeking to protect everyone in the house. Uh, it doesn't matter their political affiliation or whatever, uh, you know, uh, seeking to, to protect the seat of democracy there. My question for you is, is, is with your police background, with what you're seeing now, uh, uh, do you have concerns like that? Are you, are you concerned about this situation in that sense? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying that it... Hello? Uh, David, sorry, David. I'm apologies. You cut out there for a second. Um, uh, can you start again? Sorry, there's some sort of a connection issue. Yeah, um, I I don't think that there is a threat to what from what I can see to the House of Commons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not what uh, certainly not even close to what occurred back on October 22nd, 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that uh, House of Commons security along with the RCMP would have all the threat assessments from this group to understand whether there's any threat to the members of parliament. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm not seeing that. I'm not saying that it's not there. I'm not seeing it. Um, this group, for the most part, is disorganized. They have a, a core of people that are organized out by out by the airport and they're being instigated on by a, a few people that say the right thing to get their get their gander up hmm. but i i don't think there's anyone there that would have any intent compared to what occurred back in 2014 that was a, a different set of circumstances altogether where there was clear intent to hmm. uh, to to kill people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, David, I, I appreciate you talking to you. Um, I just wanted to uh, sort of follow up uh, w- with um, one last question. That's an observation on something you, you mentioned earlier in the sense that these things can spiral out of control. And uh, I want to take a walk down memory lane in, in national politics here uh, and uh, uh, also sort of reference, you know, the, the rise of uh, populism, uh, you know, the very specific nature of, of uh, you know, the psychology of, of that and that. You know, uh, Preston Manning uh, created what can be categorized, populism is a, a broad terminology, but can be uh, um, categorized that in some sense, and that as a political leader, uh, he, uh, you know, saw some discontent. He saw some people who thought things weren't right. He saw a lot of people who, who wanted change in the way the government uh, was run. And um, he uh, created a movement by uh, focusing those, um, you, know, you know, concerns, often, you know, Western alienation concerns, into a political movement, into a democratic political movement. So, you know, vote for me, vote for us, and here's what we're going to do, here's what our policies are going to be, and we're going to, you know, get elected and go make those changes. However, in the current situation, you know, we've had a, a hard couple of years with COVID. We've got, uh, you know, the all the stress that that brings, the economic stress that we've had uh, as a result of it. Um, and a lot of people, you know, are, di- you know, distressed. They're losing their business. You know, they're, you know, ha- ha- had a lot of life changes. Uh, 
it, it's tough stuff. And then these types of this type of movement arises where people have you know anger or frustration uh, or want change with the government. But currently, uh, you know, as you've described it, you have a lot of disparate groups who sort of can jump on to to these kinds of uh, movements and then it spirals out of control because it doesn't have that focus that vessel of you know of a democratic uh, elected leader rather it becomes a protest movement uh, out on the streets there so my question is this and I, and, and it's a pretty specific one is you know seeing seeing uh, desire for change seeing desire for political change seeing desired for changed policies how do you feel uh, the the conservative uh, movement or conservative party can harness that uh, to bring that within de- democratic context and make change? And um, do you feel that uh, that can be done in a way that uh, um, can you know turn the turn the temperature down uh, and uh, uh, lead to uh, the constructive change, such as some of the things that some of the protesters are act are asking for? I, I think it's there. The, the challenge with the, the Conservative Party is that it's a it's such a big tent party, and you're trying to keep so many factions happy mm-hmm. that you're never going to keep them happy, mm-hmm. right? So a good example um, is the PP the PPC mm-hmm. or you know, the People's Party of Canada, mm-hmm. and and uh, and and that's a discontent of conservatives that are far right uh do you want me to wait for a minute apologies there yes we've got a a dog let me just uh make sure i get uh, my mic turned yeah yeah no that's fine um uh, do i think that the conservative party can get their uh, uh collective thoughts together yes i do uh, the challenge is that there are so many uh, different factions within the Conservative Party that it's difficult to keep them all happy. Um, and um, so if you look at it from what we have today, we have a bunch of, uh, of Conservatives that are, shall I say, far right, um, that are discontent with, with rules. And so they find and they grab onto a party that says, well, we'll 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 just get rid of all those rules and that's the PPC. Well, we can see how that worked for them in the last election. They didn't couldn't even elect their own leader. So it's it's all fine and dandy to, to spout things off, but you gotta get elected too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we have to do is we have to find and when I say we, I mean the Conservative Party. I think you ha- uh, they have to find a center right leader who can ensure that the entire party will be content, maybe not completely happy, but content. Because um, we just won't find that perfect leader. Everyone's looking at Pierre Polyev right now and going, oh, he's the guy. But, uh, and and I got a lot of time for Pierre. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, day, is he the guy? I don't know. I don't know. Right. Um, certainly, uh, Stephen Harper was able to keep the party together for his year, but he worked at it. Mm-hmm. 
and it's a lot different. Uh, if you look at um, uh, the Green Party, they, they have a platform and they stick to it. And it's basically in, uh, driven by the environment. If you look at the NDP, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a left movement that is driven and they're near and dear to their cause. And then you have the Liberals and the Conservatives that battle back and forth on a whole array of topics. Mm-hmm. And some please their base and some don't. Mm-hmm. And it's finding the leader that can steer the entire ship. Mm-hmm. And they obviously couldn't find that in Andrew Shear, and they couldn't find that in Aaron O'Toole. So at some point in time, they're going to have to find something. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what that is, Orlando. I really don't. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, uh, everyone thinks they could do it. Mm-hmm. and uh, But I'm. It's it's a tough job. It's harder to walk the walk. <laughs> oh, well, it's hard to walk the walk and stay on the walk, right? Yeah. Um, it, it really is, you know, because everything's scripted. Everything is, this is where we're going. Mm-hmm. And no one's coming off track on this. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're seeing in the next few days with the discussions in the House of Commons. They're on their talking points, and this is where we're hitting. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to be there, get off the train. Mm-hmm. David Wilkes is the former uh, MP for Kootenai, Columbia, currently serving as uh, mayor of uh, Sparwood, uh, BC, in uh, East Kootenai. Uh, David, uh, I think this was inf- insightful, and it was good to talk to you uh, and hear your views about this. Uh, I've been happy to follow along on Twitter, and uh, I'm glad that we had an opportunity to uh, expand a little bit uh, on uh, some of your ideas. Um, and uh, yeah, I want to thank you for uh, responding to that uh, tweet. I think it's uh, uh, and doing the interview. I think it's been an interesting conversation. Uh, and uh, thank- thanks for talking to me today. Thank you very much, Eric. You have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.